Okay, so we're going to get into the message uh, for tonight. What time is it? 7.59. Oh, shoot. We played a game. We're running late. What happened? No, I'm making the prediction right now. Here's the prediction. We'll get out of here no later than 8.30, okay? Sounds good? It's 8 o'clock on the dot. I'm making a prediction. Last week I was like 15 minutes over the prediction or 10 minutes, but it's okay. So here's what it is. All right, so we're in this series called Who is Jesus? Everybody say that. Who is Jesus? And so the reason we're in this, this series, we talked about it last week. The reason we're in this series is because as Danielle and I were praying, and as we were praying with our leadership team here, we decided that if we are going to constantly ask you as a youth group to follow Jesus with everything that you have, we should probably teach you who Jesus is first. And some of you think like, oh, I know Jesus. And I've thought, oh, I know Jesus. But a lot of times we just know about Jesus, and we don't actually know Jesus. Amen? So there's, there, there's a difference. I know about Justin Bieber. I don't know Justin Bieber, right? I know about, who else? Who's cool nowadays? I know, I know about Faze Big Chungus, but, I'm just kidding. I actually know him. No, I'm just kidding. I know about whoever, fill in the blank. You know, I know about the, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I don't know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I met a Dwayne The Rock one time, but not Johnson. So, <laughs> Backstory on that. Okay, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Okay, so so Shelby one time, Shelby one time after summer camp two years ago, she found a rock at summer camp and she like painted it and named it Dwayne. And so Dwayne the Rock Johnson Jr. So so I actually do know a Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm pretty sure he's over there somewhere. But he's in your room. You still have Dwayne. All right, she still has Dwayne. So uh, prayers for uh, Shelby, also known as Shabel, also known now as Shelly. So, uh, and Shabellis, and Shabalone. And uh, so anyways, uh, but right, we can, we can know about somebody, but do we really, really know them? It's like when you, who's ever had a crush on someone before? Anybody ever had a crush on someone? Sure. Everyone's like, bro, chill. You're like, everyone's looking Everyone's making sure their parents aren't watching online. Like, but if you ever had a crush before, it's like usually it happens because you see someone like across, like the hall or something, or across the quad, and you're like, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, she's an angel, you know? It's like, or whatever it is, you're like, like everything else disappears, and it's just like this person that you see, and you're like, they're so beautiful, or like for girls, they're like. He's so cute, you know. Oh my gosh, whatever. Right, and you don't really know that person yet. You just know about them. Like I know that there are ten out of ten dime piece, but I don't know who they are. Right, and then and then so the the like getting to know someone process, the talking stage or whatever, whatever that means nowadays. I might be out of it. There might, might talking might not be a thing anymore, but it was when I was a kid. And so you, like, get to know someone or whatever, and then you start dating them, and then it's like, oh, my gosh. And then you find out, oh, I'm 12 years old. Like, this isn't going to work. And then, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or whatever it is. And uh, we're not going to do dating advice right now because you don't want to hear my advice. <laughs> um, but basically, as you go along, you get to know the person, and you don't just know about them. 
And sometimes it's awkward because as you get to know the person, you don't like him as much as you did at first. Or sometimes it's the opposite. As you, as you get to know someone, you like them more than you did before. And, and so th- this is the case with us in our relationship with Jesus. We've heard about Jesus. We've read about Jesus. We know about him. But maybe we can get to know him better because I promise if you get to know him better, you'll love him better. Amen? So in our journey of discovering who Jesus fully is so that we can follow him better, the, step, the first step that we've taken the next, we take, took last week and we're going to take the next three weeks talking about is that Jesus is God. Everybody say that. Jesus is God. So it's important to know, if we're going to know about Jesus, we need to know this very first thing. And this is, the reason we're doing this first is because it's a big debate. It's a thing that polarizes different religions on whether Jesus Christ is God or not. Some religions think Jesus was a prophet. Some don't even think he existed, which is silly because he did. And, and some people just don't think he was God. But we are here today to tell you that Jesus was God. And last week we talked about Jesus' names and why those point to him being God. And so, um, so we're going to talk about something else today. But John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5 says, and this is me. This, this is an example of why Jesus is God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. Who knows what it means when a word that shouldn't be capitalized is capitalized. What does that mean? It has importance, or in this case, it's a name. So the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. So naming somebody. Which this would have been a good one to talk about last week in the names. But anyways... Hindsight's twenty twenty. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And so right here, the Bible is referencing Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. So in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything Made, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So because of this, as well as many other scriptures in the Bible, we know that Jesus was with God the Father in the very beginning, and that Jesus is God. And to go a step further, this is one of my favorite parts about the scripture is that all of creation was created through Jesus. And so if you, if you have kind of like a very basic knowledge of Christianity, sometimes you think that there's like God, the creator, God the Father, the creator, and he was the only one around back then. And then in the New Testament, we, we get some character development, and we get this new guy named Jesus, and he's cool, and he's a hipster, and he likes avocado toast and hugging everybody. And then at the end, we get some more character development, and he leaves this like ghost thing behind, like Casper and the friendly ghost, and that's called the Holy Spirit. But in reality, if we know truly what happened, all three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, have been together the entire time. And we see them interact with humanity at different times in different ways. So Jesus isn't just a New Testament character. He's God, and he's been there the whole time. Amen? And that's important for us to know. I could preach a whole message on that, which someday I might, but today I won't. So we'll move on. So what shows us Jesus as God? Last week it was his divine names. 
We got to know Jesus as salvation, God with us, the Lamb of God, etc. And so this week, we're going to talk about the divine attributes or characteristics of Jesus. And so if you, if, going back to the relationship talk, when you have a crush on somebody, you start, who knows that you start asking people about them. Everybody ever, anybody ever been in that stage? You got a crush on someone, so you go, you go up to like someone that you've seen them around at some point, and like, hey, so, uh, yo, what you know about that girl Danielle, though? Like, like is she single or what? You know, <laughs> you start asking questions. You know, it's like, uh, is she, you think you think she's looking for a boyfriend? Do you know what her type might be? You know, <laughs> like. Is she a good person? Like, what, is, what does she do on the weekends for fun, you know, or whatever? It's like, you start, like, prodding, and they're like, dude, just ask her yourself, right? But, but it's like the same thing as what we talked about last week. We know what people called Jesus and even what he called himself. But let's take it a step further and find out how he lived and who he was and his characteristics. Because we know you can call yourself whatever you want, but in the end, you have to see if it matches up. Right, someone's like, I'm, I'm a really great person. I would never do anything like that. And then you, someone like burns you bad, and you're like, what? You, I thought you were someone else who's ever been there. You, someone's different than who they said they were. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to fill in the gap, and we're going to see if they match the names of Jesus and the divine attributes of Jesus. And so there's so many attributes we see in Jesus that point to his divine nature, like, like selflessness and other things. But we're going to land... On three that I think could shape our perspective on Jesus, not just as a good man, but as a perfect God. I want to find out why Jesus was more than a good man. A lot of people think Jesus was a good man. A lot of other religions think Jesus was a good man. But what takes Jesus from being a good man to a perfect God? Amen? And so step one is perfection. Jesus was perfect, sinless, rather. I don't know if Jesus was like perfect as in like he was 10 out of 10 and all the girls had a crush on him. I don't know. He could have been. I don't know. Probably not. But I do know Jesus in his character was perfect, was sinless, was blameless, never did anything wrong, only did what was right, like really right, not kind of right. Who's ever had been there where you're like, I could do something. It's kind of good. Like I could do more, but I'm just going to do like the bare minimum that's like pretty good. It's like in a group project, your friend's like, hey, what can you do? You're like, I could organize all the papers for you guys and like three-hole punch them. And like, you know, I could like glue them on the poster board right now. But Jesus never does the bare minimum. He goes above and beyond for all of us. And he always does what's right and he's perfect. So if you know the story of Jesus uh, getting crucified, there was this dude named Pontius Pilate. Who's ever heard of Pontius Pilate? Raise your hand if you ever heard of Pontius Pilate. What a name. Danielle, I know we already decided that our... Son is going to be named Vincent, but can we, can we name him Pontius? Is that cool? Just kidding. Everyone's like, no. How about Pilate? Come on. No, Pilate's actually kind of a tough name. But anyways, okay, so so this guy Pontius Pilate, he's kind of in charge, and he's the one that's supposed to be um, the, kind of the judge, the juror, the, 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 the deciding factor of if Jesus gets crucified or not. And Pontius Pilate himself, during this whole thing, says in John chapter 19, he says to... The Jewish people who are giving Jesus, asking him to be crucified. He says, take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. So even Pontius Pilate tried so hard because they, this whole 
Basically, this whole city wants to kill Jesus, and he's trying to figure out why, and he can't figure it out. He says, you crucify him because I find no guilt in him. So it adds up. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul writes, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. So Jesus, who knew no sin, had never sinned in his entire life, became sin, became our sin, so that we might have a chance to be the righteousness of Christ, to become the righteousness of Christ. And 1 Peter 2.22, Peter writes, He committed no sin, he meaning Jesus. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. So the first attribute that shows us that Jesus is God is that he was perfect. And he is perfect. Jesus is the only human ever, despite what all you think, <laughs> he's the only human ever to walk this earth that was perfect. You're like, I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty close. No. no, you're not. All right, neither am I. I've thought that too. No, I'm just kidding. But Jesus was the, is the only human and will be the only human ever to walk this earth and commit no sin and never mess up and never do anything like that. He was perfect. I can't even imagine that. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine not telling a white lie, not telling a story and, like, adding a cool little, like, plus to it. You know, you ever done that? You told a story and, like, oh, so there was this one time where, and the real story in your head is, like, there was this one time I rode my bike really, really fast. I beat this other kid. And you're like, well, this one time I rode my bike so fast that my wheels caught on fire. And... I was going, and it was crazy, and the coolest thing ever happened. Travis Pastrana was over on the side, and all right, so you, like, start adding little things to it, or, or like, you have this story, guys, that you got, like, you got, you know, nine kills in Warzone. That's, like, the most you've ever gotten, so you, like, tell your friends, like, hey, this one time, it was crazy. I got 29 kills in Warzone, and, uh, and I don't think I missed a shot, honestly. I, uh, I... I only had a pistol, too, and so I just went around, right, or whatever it was, right, whatever the story story is, or, or, or if you're, you know, running track, and you're like, hey, I, I ran this race against somebody, and I beat them so bad, they started crying, and, and uh, no, I'm just kidding, but we, we, like, add stuff to the story, and Jesus didn't even do that, Jesus never even added a little bit, it was always, like, so good, I can't even imagine that, like, I'm a storyteller, I like to, like, you know, beef it up a little bit, but <laughs> Jesus didn't even have the urge to do that, and I'm doing better at that. So if I tell you a story, I'm not lying, okay? If I if I if I lie, I'll do like two winks, like okay, so that you know that there's a little bit of a hint to the story. But <laughs> but he was perfect; he didn't even do anything like that. Perfection cannot be reached by any one of us, no matter how hard we try. So how do we know that Jesus was God? Because he did something effortlessly that we can't do if we tried our hardest. Think about that. If I tried my very hardest and I was like writing down all my mistakes, right? If I was like trying my hardest to be perfect, I'm going to be perfect. I'm not ever going to make a mistake, okay? And so I'm like writing it all down. I would still mess up. Jesus doesn't even try and he never even came close. So he has to be God. Amen? So that's the first one, perfection. Number two, everybody say number two. So things that show me that Jesus was God was he was perfect, so he has to be God. And the next one is he, his authority. Everybody say authority. In, in Matthew 
28:18 Jesus says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." In Colossians 2:10 Paul writes, "And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority." And so the reason we know that Jesus is God is because of the names he was given. He was perfect. And he had all authority in heaven and on earth. Having authority over, like, your school would be a big deal. <laughs> Having authority over, like, all your pets would be a big deal, right? You, see, you can't keep them in line, you know? Like Moo Moo. Moo crazy, man. You just can't keep him. <laughs> just kidding. He's like, bro, don't talk about Moo Moo. <laughs> but, but imagine like having control over even the small things that in your life. And Jesus has control and authority over all of the earth, the whole thing, which gives me so much comfort, especially in a time like now when there's crazy things going on in Afghanistan and, the, and in Haiti and everywhere else in the world that we're not, we don't know about, but there's crazy things going on. And Jesus has authority over those things. And he has authority over heaven. The Bible literally says it. He has authority over all things on earth and all things in heaven. (laughs) Whoa, say less. And here's a couple definitions I found of the word authority. The power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. How many of you are grateful that Jesus will make the decisions in our lives more than we will? <laughs> Amen. I, I know that if I make the decisions in my life, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to do something wrong. And so if I can submit to God's will, if I could submit to Jesus because he has all authority on heaven and on earth, if I could do that and I say, God, can you make some decisions for me, then I know my life will be better. Amen. And the next one is, is a person or organization having the power or control in a particular Typically political or administrative sphere. So a person or organization having the power or control in a particular sphere. Jesus has all the power and all the control. Jesus has authority over everything. That's why the name Jesus is so powerful. Have you ever wondered that? People say that. Oh, the name of Jesus. Name above all names. It's so powerful. You ever wondered, like, why? Okay, that's cool, but why? I know a guy named Jesus. Jesus Gomez Flores, you know what I mean? I, so so I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but I've thought to myself, okay, why? Why is his name, I know Jesus is cool, but why is the name so powerful? And the name is so powerful because, listen, growing up, whoever, anybody ever got this treatment from your mom when you're growing up? And your mom was like, you better knock it off or I'm going to tell your dad before he gets home. Right? Hey, my mom, she'd get this, like, this little like grin like this. She's like, you better knock it off right now or I'm going to call your dad and he's going to take care of it when he gets home. Right? And I'm like, Mom, one, your face is like, I'm just kidding. But, but I would be like, oh, 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 whoa. Dude, I do not want my dad to know that I was just doing what I was doing. Mom, you can know, but not him, not dad. And for, if someone said, my dad, oh, that doesn't hold value to me. Like, like if Cole came up to me and goes, hey, bro, my dad's going to really, right? That doesn't hold value to me when I was a kid. It wouldn't have. But if someone said, your dad, I'd be like, 
or in some cases for others, your, your mom or whatever it is. <laughs> your mom. But, but why does that hold so much value? Because I know the power and authority that my dad has when he comes home. So why does the name of Jesus have so much power? Because of the power and authority that Jesus himself carries. Amen? Philippians 2, 9 through 11, and you'll, you'll recognize the end of this, but it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, him being Jesus, and bestowed on him, Jesus, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. Amen. And so the last thing that shows us for today that Jesus is God. We talked about perfection. We talked about authority. And the last one is humility. Now you might be thinking, Brett, this is kind of weird because... <laughs> Because perfection is really cool and makes sense. That's like a God-like attribute. Perfect. Sweet. Authority, that makes sense. Humility, not so much. Like I feel like I could be humble. But bear with me because I think obviously perfection and authority are very important. But I think maybe humility might be the thing that's most powerful for us to understand. Like, it's not big, it's not powerful, flashy, cool, or any of those things, but it could be possibly the biggest reason to follow Jesus. He's perfect and has authority, which are great things, and obviously mean a whole lot, but, but why do I, me, why, why does Brett want to follow Jesus? Because of who he really is. Right, a lot of other people will claim that their gods have authority and and power and things. Okay, that's cool. Well, I claim that Jesus has authority and power. Okay, awesome. And Jesus is perfect. Okay, cool. What's the difference between my God and anybody else's God? What's the difference is because my God chose to give up being God to be with us. And that's a huge difference. All these other gods are so narcissistic and self-centered and, uh, and, and, and praise me and worship me and do all this kind of stuff. And, I'll, blah, 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 and, I'll, and, I'll, and, and it's all imperfect. And you see these like all these different stories of all these other gods, right? And then Jesus, the, the difference between Jesus and all the other ones is one, that he's real. And two, that he gave up being God to be just like you. His perfection, his authority, but especially his humility is what separates him from any other God. Let's read this. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, and you'll recognize the end of this one too. But Paul writes this to the church of Philippi. And we've, we just did a whole series on Philippians, so you'll recognize this. But he says, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so Jesus came down, became a human just like you, gave up all that he had to be a baby. He didn't even come as a grown man. Like, he didn't just, like, slide in, hey, I'm Jesus, right? It's like those, like, like creepy YouTube videos where someone's, like, standing up against a Christmas tree. or like, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. You know, it's like, welcome to my YouTube channel, <laughs> right? No, Jesus didn't do this, like, slide in, hey, what's good? Like, he came in as a baby and lived life like we did. We don't think about that. Je- Jesus was a toddler. Jesus became, Jesus lost his first tooth. Jesus had his first bloody nose where he thought he was dying, you know. <laughs> you know, Mom, Mary, you know, Mother of God, yeah, you, come here. Right, no. <laughs> You'll get that later. But <laughs> Jesus went, you know, he, he went to school. He had friends. He grew up. He went through puberty. He, you're like, what? <laughs> he did. He did all the things that we did. And I'm being silly, but Jesus became who you, and he went through the awkward phase. Like Jesus became just like us to show us how we ought to live. And he was so obedient, showing us how we might be obedient, but he was so obedient to the point of death. There's a scripture where Jesus talks about, he's, Jesus is praying to God the Father, and he says, God, if you will, take this cup from me. Meaning, like, I, I don't really want to die on the cross. That's, this doesn't sound like a blast, right? It doesn't sound like our back-to-school barbecue. It doesn't sound like a good time. Like, I don't really want to die on the cross. And he, and, but he says, but your will be done. And so God's will was for him to die on the cross. And so he did it. And so, though he was God, the most powerful thing that Jesus did was lay down his godliness to be just like that. And in that, and while being perfect, becoming the perfect sacrifice. Dying for our sins that we may be saved. And so I'll end with this. Talking about how Jesus is known being perfect and authoritative and, and humble. So I'll ask you this question. How do you want to be known? What do you want to be remembered by? Jesus is God, and he's perfect, and has authority, and he's humble, and his most non-God-like attribute might be his most admirable. So what do you want to be remembered by? Do you, want to, do you want people to remember you by your short temper, or your quick-witted ability to make fun of others, or your fashion choices, like my new smug shirt here, you know? Or your social skills. Or your manliness. Or your inability to be serious during a message. Your lady likeness or your perfect hair or your, you know, whatever it is. Your ability to play video games or an instrument. Or your ability to sing or write a paper or play a sport or do. You want people to remember you by something that actually matters. Right? I know people who like their whole life's goal is to be remembered as 
smart. Or their whole life's goal is to be remembered as the manliest man you ever met. Or their whole life's goal is to be remembered as beautiful. Right? And we're, we're, we're laughing and it's funny, but people really do that. And we have the urge to do that. We get ready in the morning, we look in the mirror. How are people going to think about me today? You know, I don't know how girls put on makeup, but that's how I put on makeup. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, or I put my, I'll do my hair, like, uh, line up my beard. I walk out, Danielle, do I look cute or what? You know, she's like, no. Okay, sweet. No. But how do you want to be remembered? For a while, this was my answer. I've, I've had a couple answers. For a while, this was my answer. I told Danielle. I said, I want to be remembered at the end of my life for how well I loved my wife. That's how I want to be remembered. That's when I was like 19 and young and in love and stuff. <laughs> Saying all the right things, you know. And I still want to be remembered by that. But, but then it changed a few years ago. I want to be remembered by how well I love Jesus, I decided. I want to be remembered by how well I love Jesus. Sorry, Danielle. Jesus comes first. <laughs> but I wanted to be remembered by how well... I love Jesus. And now I I have a different answer. Everyone's like, I have a different answer. I want to be known simply by how well I loved. By how well I loved Danielle. By how well I loved Jesus. By how well I loved my son coming in a couple months. By how well I loved my friends, my family, my youth group. At the end of my life, I think I want to be known by how well I loved. So, what do you want to be known by? What do you want to be remembered by? Because I think everybody who met Jesus in person and everybody who's encountered Jesus today knows him by how well he loves. Amen? That's all I have. Let's pray. Stand up. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. God, help us, Lord, to know you better. Help us to seek after you, God, to know, not just know about you, but to know you personally, God. So help us in the moments that aren't a Wednesday night and aren't necessarily a Sunday morning, but in, in, the, in the middle of the week, God, help us to search times to just get to know you, to pray, to worship, to read our Bible. And, and so, God, help us to strive after things that actually matter and not what society tells us we should be known by or what other people say we should be known by but help us to be known by what you say and who you say we are so we give you all the glory and all the honor in jesus name we all said amen